Who would have thought we'd miss you so much? The mom and pop shops, the nail salons and neighborhood pubs, the gyms. Even if we hardly ever went, we were gonna go tomorrow. At Shaw Business, we've missed all of our small businesses, and we couldn't be happier that you're finally back. So happy that we're offering three months free. Visit business.shaw.ca to get brighter deals for brighter days. Shaw Business, brighter together. See site for details, conditions apply. This is the Charles Adler Tonight Podcast. Well, uh, those that know me, uh, I'm a well-rounded individual. Uh, thanks for having me, Charles. Uh, I, I do like my food. <laughs> you do? <laughs> That's the real reason I brought you on. Yeah. So, uh, Corey, uh, just as every other guest, everyone's, everyone's an equal at this uh, kitchen table, I want you to just take your time to tell us from your perspective, as someone who runs a, a small business in this country, how inflation impacts on you and what for you would be the number one issue in this election campaign? Well, for me, the, the, the number one issue, uh, which is which has kind of been frustrating this week because I, I haven't heard much about it yet. Um, truth be told, it's it's still unemployment, and I mean, yeah, we're we're seeing it come coming. You know, get, seems to be getting better, but uh, we're still seeing eight and a half uh, percentage points out, out here in Alberta, and uh, you know, it was you know. It's it's not not changing things. So you talk about affordability. Well, you can't afford much if you got no money. But re- regardless of, of that, I mean, we are hearing the inflation numbers. You know, they're beating they're beating the uh, the analysts were were originally targeting three and three point four, and, it, and I think the fact that it came in at three point seven kind of startled uh, things a little bit in the marketplace. But um, you know, when you as as, uh, as Chris Sims uh, alluded to as well, I mean, uh, when you have inflationary uh, pressures on your pricing uh, for your costs, for your input, and then you're tacking on uh, tax increases that are buried inside them on top of that. Um, it's not really, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a double whammy. Uh, and, you, you know, you, you've already hit the service sector, the tourism sector, you know, with COVID and everything else, uh, you know, on, on restrictions and, and uh, extra costs uh, just to be open. Uh, and extra precautions and everything else, and then you know you, you tack on uh, the rest of this on, on top of it. I mean, you can only you can only go so far before the margins are, are into the negatives. So, so, without turning this into an economics uh, seminar, just trying to <laughs> keep it as kitchen table friendly as possible, let me ask you as a as an accountant here: uh, How do you keep as many people as possible during a pandemic whole? In other words, people who aren't working, but you're compensating them, whether they're individual Canadians, whether they're, they're businesses to me, it's all about people, whether we're giving it to, to, to so-called businesses or, or people, it, it, you're, you're cutting checks for folks. How do you cut all those checks without borrowing billions and billions of dollars? And how do you borrow billions and billions of dollars without driving up interest rates, without creating inflation? Like, how, how do you, like, help me with the magic, because I don't get it. Well, I, I, part of the, the issue I think I'm, I'm seeing, at least with uh, what's happening, is uh, with our with our clients, <clears throat> is that the the prices that are are, are driving up. I mean, you can't <clears throat> you don't have revenue coming in. But what's happened is that there's been a, a supply chain issue throughout the, that we're seeing more and more of this on the news, and so the, the competition for the bare you know bones just to 
uh, have you know supplies on the shelf or inventory or uh, you know assets coming in or parts or anything like that. Uh, anything that's been you know used to be what's called just in time inventory uh, is now you know not you know it's you know, maybe some time inventory. And, you know, so it's, it's causing us the, the typical supply-demand concept of, of driving the prices up. And so when you talk about cutting checks without, without inflation, well, the reality is that somebody's cutting them. And it's because they're cutting them and because they're demanding, you know, the, the turnaround times quicker, sooner, faster, uh, that, you know, it's almost turning into an auction house. Uh, and, and that's, you know, we know what happens with that on the real estate market. We know what happened here when they, we saw with uh, with the COVID outbreak, how the, in the states, different states were competing for PPE, you know, basically auctioning against each other uh, and driving prices up. You know, face masks jumped skyrocketed because it's a supply-demand issue. And while we're having supply chain issues all the way across, you've got, you know, it's it's bad enough you can't we can't get the boats unloaded. Uh, um, unloaded in, in BC but even if they are the trucks and trains are having problems getting through the interior because of the forest fires so I mean you have trouble of getting product to market as it is and so the stuff that's here that's on the shelf is you know it's like well I don't have any more inventory coming to fill the shelf so I better jack up the price on this one uh, in order to get enough profit margin so I can pay my workers and it's, it's just it's causing a, a self-fulfilling you know uh, circle here and I mean, uh, you know, you, uh, I, I was a little younger uh, back when the, you know, we had the, uh, the the high interest rates in the early '80s. But uh, at some point, Bank of Canada is going to say, "All right, um, you know, our target is two percent, and uh, how long can we go at double that rate?" Um, and that's uh, that, that 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 you know, because there's no way your wages are going to be going up uh, with everybody that quick because we've already got uh, you know pressures on the employers themselves. But how do okay? So once again, help me with this. If if we're borrowing multiple billions of dollars, how would the Bank of Canada not bring the hammer down and raise interest rates to stop the bleeding? I mean, that's why I'm asking because I don't, I, I don't, I, you'd have to do magic to borrow <laughs> well, all that it, money and not drive interest rates up. I mean, that stuff I learned in high school. Well, and that's and that and I and I kind of feel for the the Bank of Canada right now because you've had. You know they're they're kind of getting it on both sides here that they don't have a lot of control over. They've got you've got the uh, 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 government spending that's going whether you agree with it or not. You've got government spending that's that's you know printing money uh, to get more spending into the economy. You know because they're trying to cre- you know get things going again, and so that that you know puts up inflationary pressures. Meanwhile, the supply chains. I mean, we, this is a global economy. Gone are the days of the mom and pop bakery. I mean, let's be honest here. You want to talk urban rural? I mean, <laughs> you know, we're we're talking about going green energy, and everybody that sits in a rural location is saying, "And and and what uh, what sky train am I taking to work?" So, I mean, you know, it's it's just not realistic. Um, and so, when you when we have this global economy that's affecting all the supplies all the way across, you've got spending on one end, you've got lack of supply on another. And then if the bank if the bank of Canada says okay well we've got inflation driving skyrocket we better you know bring down interest rates or, or bring up interest rates as they to, to combat that well it's not it's not so much the you know you've got everybody that are leveraged so if you bring up interest rate what's happened to all the people with all this debt now that have been trying to make ends meet you've already got inflation hurting them you've got you, know, you turn around and increase their interest rates on the debt that they've been borrowing now what. So 
they're they're kind of in a, in a in a a bit of a rock and a hard place right now, and, well, and unfortunately, they're not the ones printing the money. I mean, they're being told to. Right. They're getting the mandate. Corey, they're printing they're printing the money on the basis that interest rates will stay low. But when you print that much money, we know that interest rates go high. So let's let's ask the question then: What if the Bank of Canada just sort of goes against the grain and allows the borrowing to continue at relatively low rates and doesn't raise the rates? I mean, at at, at some point. How does that work? At some point, you're going to start seeing an overall devaluation of the currency. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, is that we're in a global marketplace, and uh, if if we're not raising the interest rate and we're printing money, that means there's, you know, we're we're still having to, we're we're, we're spending and spending and spending, but we're not churning it locally. We're bringing, we're importing, and at some point, other world currencies are going to be basically saying, okay, well, we don't think the, 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 the Canadian dollar is worth the paper it's printed on, and it's going to drive down because we're, we're sending more money out, right. uh, and right. people aren't willing to buy it the other way. We're not exporting goods. We're, right. you know, we're trying to import. But let me just follow the breadcrumbs here, always mindful that I don't want to lose people in the room. I don't want to lose people <laughs> at the kitchen table. So here's my question about the kitchen table itself. Okay, whether the table is in a restaurant or the table is at home, it doesn't matter to me. Food is food is food. Okay, if the currency, the Canadian currency, gets devalued with respect to the key currency, which is the American currency, okay, if our currency goes down because the Bank of Canada does not raise interest rates, so our currency goes down. If most of our food, whether we like it or not, yeah, we grow a lot of food in this country, we feed the world, and all of that. That's wonderful. The food that we end up putting on the table and the food we end up putting on the restaurant tables is processed food, and the processing is not in Canada, unfortunately. It's in the United States. Isn't it true, Corey, that if we continue doing what we're doing, we're going to pay more and more for food because we're buying it from the Americans with a currency, with Canadian currency, that is less, and therefore we have to pay even more for the food? And please tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) Oh, Charles, you're never wrong. Uh... No, it, it, unfortunately, I, I, I can't say that you're wrong. The, the reality is, uh, you know, if we devalue our currency, anything we try to, to bring into the country uh, will cost more. Uh, and, and, you know, let's, let's be honest, although I, I, I like my, uh, my BC wine and, and uh, you know, the, the apples and the fruit that we get from, from the uh, Okanagan, uh, you know, we, I, I, I'm yet to see uh, BC avocados. So uh, maybe there is a greenhouse over there that's doing it, but avocado seems to be the big thing right now, and, and that's getting imported. So you see, you know, a lot of a lot of foods that we bring, or or, or ingredients for for our stuff for the restaurants and so on, you know, they're they're supplied elsewhere. They're, they come in, uh, you know, and they got to be shipped. That's the other side of it. So you got you know things coming across the border, but um, you know, pineapple from Hawaii, like or or, or, or wherever. Uh, a lot of stuff we know, you know, at least on the west side here, we know it comes from California uh, as well. And, I mean, if we have to now see the increase in the cost of the groceries, well, that's not our farmers. That's not local, right? We're not, we're not you know, the, the, the prices that are going up, it's, it's has nothing to do with supporting our, our neighbor. It's supporting, you know, south of the border. Um, and so we're, we're spending more money on, on import and it's still not creating the GDP or the or the gross uh, economy, the local economy that we need to have to thrive. And and so, um, you know, it's, whether it's the Amazon culture that, uh, and I don't mean the, the rainforest, 
uh, or um, or what I, I can't say, but it's you know I think I think we need to take a step back and we need to start looking local again. Well, I'm just trying to follow the, the bouncing ball of affordability, and most of the food that comes in is is uh, processed food, and it uh, gets transported yep. here with gas that becomes more expensive. Uh, it just seems to me that that is what is driving inflation, and that is what is driving affordability into more and more of a problem for the average folks at the table. Look, Corey, thank you so much for for helping us with the numbers. I know that for a lot of people, uh, numbers are complicated, and for you, they're very easy. Uh, you're, you're very gifted, and you're very wise, and you're a great friend of the program. Thank you for everything, Corey Litzenberger. Hey, thanks for having me, Charles. Thanks for listening to the Charles Adler Tonight podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And join the conversation. You can reach me on Twitter, at Charles Adler, or by email at charles at adlertonight.ca, charles at adlertonight.ca. Talk to you next time.